Welcome to Playmakers Rugby Stories. I'm Ricky Swan-Allen. This week we are catching up with a player whose name I'm sure you will know, but perhaps doesn't quite have the profile of some of her Blackfern 7 superstar teammates. I'm talking about Shakira Baker. She's played 13 tests for the Blackfern's 15s team before making the full-time switch to 7s and has become a key cog in the team since about 2015. Shakira, kia ora, welcome and how are you? Kia ora, I'm very good, thank you. Good, good, good. Look, I want to, before we go right back, I just want to go back to recent history. Uh, we've just ticked over 100 days to go until the Tokyo Olympics. Now, had they gone ahead last year, you weren't going to make it. What happened in Dubai at the end of 2019? So, Dubai 2019, um, I ruptured my ACL um, in our final against Canada. Um, so, yeah, if the Olympics had gone ahead... Um, last year, I definitely wouldn't have been able to trial or to compete at the Olympic Games. Did you know it, w it was bad when you did it? I think I commentated that game and I remember thinking that didn't look good at the time. <laughs> yeah, I knew I'd, um, what I had done as soon as I did it because I had ruptured my other ACL in 2015. Um, it definitely seemed a lot worse than previous. So, yeah, I pretty much knew exactly what I'd done when I'd done it. That means you also would have known the time frame. Um, obviously, the rehab process that you go through but and that, that initial pain that you're in. Um, but I'd imagine the pain mentally would have been just as tough that time around, knowing what you were potentially going to miss. Yeah, exactly. So as soon as I'd done it, um, I pretty much didn't cry or anything. All I, all I was thinking was in my head was, oh, my gosh, oh, what am I going to do? I was counting the months away from the Olympic Games. I was like, if I go without surgery, can I still make it? So many things were going through my head. Um, it was half time, so I was sitting on the sideline as well, thinking things through my head. And um, initially I tried to um, rehab without surgery. It just wasn't going the way that I'd planned. And um, I guess everything happens for a reason and opted to have surgery. And um, a year gone now, I'm back out on the field, so... Yeah. When the announcement got made last year that the Olympics were going to be postponed, and I, and I guess we were all starting to think this was potentially going to happen, it was so tough on so many people, but for you, what was your reaction? Um, obviously, I felt for all my sisters who were preparing so hard um, for that, that final um, date, but um, I guess in my head I was just like, oh my gosh, that gives me another opportunity to rehab. Um, another opportunity to put my hand up. Obviously, I had a long way to go with rehab and it wasn't going the way that I wanted it to. Um, I had to go in, um, about eight weeks ago just to have a clean out. Um, but yeah, I guess initial thoughts was I get another opportunity to, to have a go at, at my dream. You, like the Blackfern Sevens, you call each other sisters. You guys are so tight mm -hmm. and so close. Um, do those relationships ever get tested, though, from time to time when you live in each other's pockets? You're all based in Tauranga. We used to be able to travel the world. Do, does it test relationships sometimes? Um, I guess... I guess when you've been in an environment, in a team environment for so long, you know when you need your space and you have time out to yourself. Um, when we're in our training facilities, we're together, but when we're outside of our training facilities, um, we often just do our own thing. So we do get that time away from each other. Um, obviously, I, oh, I live with Reese, um, so we're pretty much constantly in each other's pocket. But we obviously have um, our space. We can go to the beach. We can um, go in our rooms. Like we know when um, 
we need our time and our space apart. So you must be quite good on the TikTok then, because is, is Reese like the TikTok queen <laughs> of the, of the team, or does she think she is? <laughs> oh, um, no, Dice Valia Fung is oh. probably, probably, and Alina Saeli are probably the TikTok queens. Um, but, yeah, you know, they keep me updated with the latest dance moves. Not that I can do them, but, um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing, though, right? You've got, like, I mean, you're sort of, what, 29? You've got a couple of the <clears throat> old girls who are the over 30s. Um, and then you've yeah. got 18, 19-year-olds. How does that, that balance? Because you're all in such different phases of your life. Yeah, um, it's so funny that you put it like that because, um, you know, I live with Reese and sometimes I forget how young she is. <laughs> um, you know, we just, we just like actually like sisters, we forget how each other's age and, and things like that. There's obviously a little banter about little ones or like myself and um, things like that getting on a bit. But, um, yeah, it's just, I guess, I've, we're just all sisters, we're just all family and we treat each other like pretty much the same. Mm. All right, let's go back to the start, Shakira. How did how did you get into the game? Um, so I started off in my younger days playing hockey um, till around 15, 16 and then um, Sharon Hayata, one of our um, school matrons um decided to ask me if I wanted to play in a tens tournament um so I was like oh yeah may as well give it a go and um yeah from there I um played in a Wairarapa Bush girls team um and then I got invited along to um a women's club training um Ikirahuna women's club um by Rebecca uh, Mani um and yeah just went went on from there um we played in the Wellington competition first, um, and I managed to get a trial for the Wellington Pride. Um, and when yeah, you're just about 16, went off from right? there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I was uh, 16, um, yeah, I got my first trial for the Pride and uh, managed to make the team. And yeah, it was just all go from there, really. Was it was it natural? I mean, tell me a bit about your family. Have you was there rugby in the blood? Um, yeah, obviously, uh, my. Uncle Carl Baker, he um, played for Māori All Blacks. Um, my brother played New, Ze New Zealand secondary schools. So, um, yeah, it was definitely rugby was in the family. Um, my my family's a sporting family. My aunties played hockey and, and, and things like that. So, yeah, sport was definitely a big um, influence in our family. Ekatahuna is, is a town that we always sort of, in, in New Zealand, oh, yeah, from, from, from Ekatahuna, we're talking small town New Zealand, grey town, the Wairarapa. Um, how yeah. do you go from, from those areas into the big smoke and, and getting spotted and who helps you to get there? Yeah, um, Rebecca Mani was definitely a big influence on me in my rugby career. Um, she, just being so, at such a young age, um, she used to pick me up, take me to trainings, um, go over the Rimataka Hill um, late at night to go to FPC training, come back. Um, yeah, and I guess it was just um, support from other people around me as um, a young child, um, taking me to and from, um, the support of my family, also driving me around, supporting me. Um, definitely wouldn't have been able to get to where I am without them. Rebecca um, Money. Yeah, we moved. Sorry, carry on. Oh, yeah. No, we moved from the Wellington competition to the Manawatu competition, and that's probably um, where I spent a couple of my seasons as well. Yeah, yeah. so Rebecca Money's a former Blackfoot and referee as well. Did she, mm -hmm. did, when she started refereeing, yeah. did, you, did you have her as a ref? 
Yes, I did. So I loved seeing her, um, you know, out and about. And um, obviously she uh, refed on the World Series as well. So it was always, um, whenever I saw her, I gave her a big hug. Yeah. yeah. How important is it, I guess, to have, particularly when you are from, from smaller parts of New Zealand, rural New Zealand, to have people like that to really drive and push you? Yeah, I guess um, it is really important just because you can get so lost in the mix. Um, just coming from a small town, it's hard to get noticed. Um, so just having people there to, you know, push you, um, obviously sometimes it's hard to find um, people with the same motivation as you. Um, in smaller areas so no, it was so cool to have a mentor and I guess a um, yeah an, an inspiration like her to help me through to get to where I am today. Did you did you ever imagine when you're the 16 year old driving over the Limitaka Hills with, with someone like Rebecca <laughs> where, where this could take you? Um, well back in the day you know rugby for women wasn't that big and um just seeing the growth from back then to now um yeah i i didn't see it as such a a big um deal as it is now but it was definitely a goal of mine to wear wear that black jersey i remember um going to a black ferns match in wanganui and and seeing the black ferns play australia um and i just remember carla hohepa gassing down the sideline and i was like i want to do that so yeah it was definitely seeing players like that um definitely inspired me to to definitely get a black jersey as well. Yeah. Is that something, I, well, you know, that, that you and your teammates, both the Black Ferns 15s and 7s, are very aware of, that you are on TV and, you know, you didn't necessarily get to see it all the time when you were growing up, nor mm -hmm. did I, but now these, there are girls and boys who are watching you guys and thinking, oh, far out, I can do that. Yeah, it's so cool to see um, how big it's become and how um, popular the sport's becoming. Um, and just seeing the youth coming through, oh my goodness, just seeing them out there on the weekend, the future's bright. Yeah, for sure. So you played 13 tests for Black Ferns 15s. Can you remember your debut? Uh, yeah, it was in England um, at Twickenham, I think after one of the Barbarians matches. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was a pretty special feeling um, singing the national anthem for the first time. Um, yeah. Oh, just just a casual debut at Twickenham. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it was pretty special. I guess I wasn't really thinking at the time. But, um, you know, when you're as young as you are and, you know, no one knows who you are, I guess you just get out there and do your thing. Yeah. So, you, you, as I say, 13 mm -hmm. tests, and you eventually made a transition to, to sevens full-time. What was the, was that when it became an Olympic sport and the Go for Gold mm -hmm. programme and all of that started up? What, how did you transition over? Yeah, so there was a Go for Gold in Wellington um, that I decided that I'd just go along to, um, and it becoming an Olympic sport, I was like, there was no doubt in my mind that I wanted to, to give it a shot. And, um, yeah, and then from there, I... Um, kept on being involved with and, and then gets, got selected to play at an um, exhibition match in Wellington, I think it was, um, at the Wellington Sevens. And then just from there, um, there was no doubt in my mind that I wanted to keep on continuing with Sevens. What's the hardest part of, uh, um, about the transition between those two? Because we see a couple of players going back and forth and trying to do both. It's, um, it's, it must be challenging, though. Yeah, it's definitely uh, the fitness, yeah. <laughs> uh, fitness, um, <laughs> the fitness aspect of things. Um, but it's yeah, obviously less people on the field. Um, obviously, I play in the forwards, so um, 
I'd never, I played in the backs in 15, so I'd never scrubbed, never lifted in the lineup. So that was quite different for me. Um, but now I guess the transition from sevens to 15s, it's longer periods of time in 15s. Um, I haven't played 15s in five years, so I'm not too sure what it would be like these days. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously, along with the Olympic postponement, there's been a World Cup postponement, so that's now going to be next year as well. Is 15s in the back of your mind? I know there are a few of your teammates in the sevens who are keen to try and do, do both, if possible. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely been on my mind since um, it was announced that it was been in New Zealand. Um, obviously, my focus is at the moment trying to get my knee back to um, full strength and Olympics on my mind. But um, now that it's postponed till next year, I guess that's another motivation to potentially put my hand up for. Yeah, yeah. not that like there's much on next year. Commonwealth Games, Seventh World Cup, Fifteenth World Cup. mate, multitasking. <laughs> exactly. Women are best at multitasking. Totally. Well, speaking of, let's get away from rugby a little bit about it, talk about life outside of sport. Um, obviously close to your whanau down, down the way, but how many how many degrees or qualifications do you have? And I'm about to be put to shame. <laughs> um, I've got Bachelor of Science majoring in marine biology, minoring in stats and graduate diploma in teaching. And you have been a teacher? Yes, yeah, I was um, teaching at Hamilton Girls High School in 2015 and was lucky enough um, to be Jasmine Hotham's uh, math teacher. <laughs> what was she like? We know how good she is at footy. What was she like at maths? Oh, she was A+. Plus. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Total over, <laughs> overachiever. Um, <laughs> yeah. What are, do, you, is, do you enjoy teaching? I know you do a bit of tutoring now yeah. still with maths, but you enjoy it? Yeah, yeah. So um, I managed to um, do some relieving as well just whilst um, I was rehabbing oh, and oh. we didn't really have much on last year. Um, so that was cool getting back into it. And I do enjoy, um, obviously, teaching, helping people, um, tutoring, getting into it. Um, just, yeah, it, it makes me feel good. I guess it's like can you, you can see the reward, right? Like you can see kids improving and whatever. Yeah, definitely helping um, people understand something that they don't really know um, and also when they get it is so rewarding, I guess. Yeah. As someone who failed what was then school CMAS, probably not my, not my strongest <laughs> suit, but we'll keep, we'll keep trying. Um, the, um, the marine biology side, that's fascinating. So you did that out of, out of high school? Yeah, so um, I guess I was always interested in the ocean um, and I'm just going to say it, my favourite animal was dolphins. So um, I was like, oh, you know, well, I'm just going to do it, um, marine biology. We didn't really um, study, you know, the things oh. that I wanted, thought it was going to be. But, hey, you know, it's, um, you know, it is what it is. And um, no, I found it really interesting. I did it through uh, Victoria University. Um and then decided that I was um, playing rugby at the same time. And if I wanted to keep playing rugby and study, um, I would probably wouldn't be able to fit it in. So I decided to just do the graduate teaching diploma. Yeah. And the stats mm. side, does that make you like a rugby stats geek? <laughs> uh, nah. When I'm in rugby, I switch off from all of that sort of stuff. So I'm like, mm. I understand it. But, um, you know, put it in front of me, I'll be like, mm. 
no, no I'm good, thank you. <laughs> what, is it something, um, what, what do you think you'll go back to once rugby is done? Not that I'm putting you into retirement or anything, um, just yet, if you're still <laughs> oh, only 29. Um, you plenty of time, plenty of time. But uh, having those to fall back on, is there something that you would like to do with either of those degrees or professions in the future? Yeah, I definitely, um, lucky enough that I can just fall back on my teaching. I um, definitely probably want to get back into the school environment um, once I've finished with rugby and um, see where that goes to from there. How important do you think it is, Shakira, for female players to have that? It's something that maybe have had to have been more mindful of, have, a, have an education, something behind you, something else you can go back to. Yeah, I think it was really important for me, especially um, back in the day when it wasn't a professional sport for women, um, just making sure that you had something to fall back on because um, for me it was getting injured, getting decontracted. Um, I was lucky enough that I'd done my studies and that I could go straight back into a teaching job. Um, yeah, so I guess it's really important in that sense. Did you lose your contract somewhere along the way? Yeah, in 2015, I got decontracted, um, and that's when I became my uh, teacher at uh, Hamilton Girls High School, um, and then was uh, returned to play at the end of 2015 and managed to get a training contract in 2016 and managed to teach and um, train at the same time. How much did, and this was probably still the very early days of, of contracted players, but how much did losing that contract motivate you for, for Rio and now everything that has happened since? Yeah, it definitely was um, disheartening. I had just done my ACL at the end of 2014, and so there was that whole um, life outside of rugby. It really taught me that... Um, I hadn't had a proper job until I pretty much became a teacher. So it was, I guess, that really helped me grow up, really helped me see that there's life outside of rugby, how important it is um, to have study and things um, there to, in case, you know, your dream, something happens. Um, but, yeah, definitely motivated me to get back out there. I love the sport so much. Um, managed to to play nationals at the end of 2015 and yeah it's just all go from there and um as well as the you get sun shining in your eyes it's, it's, too, yeah, it's, too, it's too sunny in the white it up it looks too good there, yeah. you are. there we go nice yeah there you go <laughs> everyone's gonna up it that's where the sunshine is at the moment um yeah. as well as the two knee injuries you, you, the other thing that you have had and that you love is, is a heart condition and i know you you've spoken oh. out before if you're comfortable to talk about it. can you tell us a little bit about what that means for you or what it is and what that means um, yeah, so I have a heart condition called long QT syndrome, um, which is a regular heartbeat. Um, so they picked it up in 2014, I think it was, where um, I had to have a medical um, and they picked it up through an ECG. Um, yeah, so I had to have a sympathectomy, which they burnt a nerve. Um, which controlled my heart rate. And I also had to go on medication and have a defib with me um, if I wanted to continue playing rugby. Well, was it, I mean, I'd mm. imagine mildly terrifying? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I guess for me, because I had no symptoms whatsoever. Right. Um, we were just, I remember we were just preparing to go to China for a World Series tournament. Um, and the day that we were about to leave, 
um, for Auckland to fly out, the coach had to tell me that I wasn't eligible to go. So that was pretty guttering given that I had no symptoms, nothing um, that I could see physically um, wrong with me. But I guess it's a blessing in disguise because they picked it up and um, I'm able to, to continue to play. Does it impact you at all now? No, not at all. So um, the beta blockers were like quite hard to train with, um, given that I'd had no symptoms and no um, nothing happening to me throughout the years that I've been playing. Um, I've been able to come off those, which has been really good. Um, but yeah, just having a defib there um, at all times when I'm training is probably the main thing. Who's in charge of the defib? Do you have to you, do you have to look after it? Do you have to remember? Is that the medical staff? Um, it's um, whoever's on uh, physio has to help out and remember where that is. Obviously, I can't use it on myself, but um, you know, you open it up and it talks to you, tells you what to do. Um, they're pretty like accessible in public places as well. But yeah. Good to, good to know, good to know. Um, <laughs> we're, yeah, as we said, uh, less than 100 days now till Tokyo. Uh, you were part of the Rio mm-hmm. team. How does Rio drive and still spur you all on uh, for those that were there for, well, coming up five years ago now? Yeah, I think there's a um, big bunch of us who are still around who attended that Olympic Games. Um, and I guess we see it as unfinished business. Um, you know, that was that was hard to um, obviously train for so long and for sure. And I guess that motivation just drives us a little bit more um, to trying to achieve that goal. Obviously, we got the gold at Com Games, but, um, you know, four years, five years going to be now um, to keep pushing on and um, hopefully achieve that gold medal. The build-up is, is so strange um, to, to Tokyo. You've obviously had the Games mm-hmm. uh, in Wellington recently. Hopefully we'll play maybe Australia, Fiji beforehand. But is it a case kind of that, that the build-up just has to be good enough? There's enough depth within the squad that you can mm-hmm. you, you get a rough idea of where you're going to be by the time you get to Tokyo? Yeah, um, I think having the competition within our squad is is quality games as well so having the best players in New Zealand playing against each other um, we're getting good quality games but just I, I guess having um, different styles of playing is probably what we were missing at the time but um, hopefully we're able to get across the ditch and, and test ourselves in that sense but um, yeah it's definitely a crazy build up to what we were planning on yeah. If you had to describe the Blackfern Sevens who have just been so wildly successful, such a tight-knit unit. If you had to describe what that team is like to somebody who didn't know, what would you describe? That, what, what, <laughs> what makes that team tick? Um, oh, it's a hard one. I guess it's just, yeah, like a family. Obviously, not, it's, not, it's not good all the time. There's going to be your ups, there's going to be your downs, there's fights, there's laughter, there's crying. Um, it's just a tight knit family that we're all open. We're all honest with each other. Um, it's a fun environment to be within. And I think that's, it's, it's led from, from the top. It comes from the top and it just um, flows through to the rest of the players that starts from management, goes through to our leaders, our leaders amongst our players. And yeah, I guess it's just a really fun, have our ups and downs. We argue, you know, but we just, 
a close-knit family. Does it kind of make it that whatever will be will be? You're, you're such a, a strong unit that whatever happens in the, in the next couple of months, you, you won't have... There's nothing that none of you did, to whatever the outcome is, if that makes sense. Yeah, I guess as long as I guess as long as you know you've done all that you can um, to put your best foot forward. Um, obviously, there's going to be disappointment. Obviously, there's going to be um, elation. There's going to be all different types of emotion within the environment in the next couple of months. But um, just knowing that you know you've put your best foot forward, you've done all that you can, and um, just be there for the team and for everyone else. Awesome. Well, we wish you and your team all the best. It's great to see you back out there. Hopefully the knees come along great guns and you'll be uh, on that plane to Tokyo. Thank you so much, Shakira. Thank you very much for having me. No worries. Thank you. There's Shakira Baker here on Playmakers Rugby Stories, one of the absolute standouts in the Black Fern 7 side, and we cannot wait to see them in action at the Tokyo Olympics in a couple of months' time. Remember, you can catch all our Playmakers Rugby Stories and all the other Sky Sport podcasts wherever you get your good podcasts from, or you can always catch us here on Sky Sport. We'll see you next time.